hello and welcome to another edition of Diz After Dark. I am Nick. I'm Paul D. I'm Craig Lucas. And it is just the three of us uh, tonight. We have uh, Mr. P-Dubs, as I only call him, uh, and Chris are not available tonight. The talented Mr. Ripley is uh, is suffering a slip, uh, a slip disc, I believe. Oh, fantastic. I think, which is always nice to hear. But it doesn't matter because although there's only three of us uh, in the mouse's head tonight, we do have an amazing uh, guest. Um, and people always complain this, on this show that, um, you know, we tend to have, uh, you know, even Disney people on, surprisingly, uh, or Disney podcasts on. So we've gone a little bit out of the box with this one. So, uh, Mr. Guest, can you please reveal yourself? Hi, this is um, Rob from Blipson, and uh, I also host the Today in iOS podcast and, and co-host the Feed podcast and Podcast 411. So none of the hosts more podcasts than even me, um, <laughs> but on top of that as well, none of them have a Disney connection, by name at least, anyway. Um, so thank you very much for joining us. Uh, a pleasure to have you. Um, I'm not sure if you're too familiar with our show, but the way that we kick things off um, is, uh, as we're in a pub, is by having a drink. So who wants to go first? I'll go. Uh, I've got a Copperberg cider, and it's a, it's a new flavour on me. Um, it's an elderflower and lime, and the lime is um, in order of uh, or in honour of uh, Florida. So cheers, guys. When you say a new flavour on you, have you already poured it over yourself? or? Uh, not yet, but you know that seems like a waste, actually. I'm give, not going to do that. I'm just going to pour it inside myself. <laughs> give it time, give it time. Mr Lucas? Unfortunately, I'm drinking a good English-British cup of tea. Nothing wrong with that. No. English Pavilion, of course. Yes. Or UK Pavilion, sorry. Not English Pavilion. Uh, Rob, what about yourself? I am just with a smart water, so not, not just bottle of water. Sorry, it's really it's, boring. Sorry, I've got guys. to say, it's what's disappointing about smart water is uh, I bought some for my wife, and um, it didn't improve her intelligence at all. So <laughs> uh, she didn't like it when I told her that's the reason why I bought it, surprisingly. But uh, if anyone follows me on social media and some of the stuff that she comes out with, then you can understand why I thought it was worth a try at least. Um, I, I found something new in the alcohol section today. Um, it's a drink that I've had previously, but like uh, with Mr. Dolan's uh, drink, it's a new flavour. So I've got a mango and passion fruit Pim's cider cup. So there you go. That sounds like a, a bit of a girly drink there. Uh, very, very, very girly. I mean, to be honest, I think the reason for... I'm not, Says a man drinking tea. <laughs> <laughs> Touché. The uh, I, I mean I I don't know if it's the same for Mr. Donan, but um, certainly with myself today because uh, we've had some pretty good weather. Um, I didn't want anything too heavy really. Uh, I, I got kicked about last week with some stouts. I'm not really um, I don't really like my stout. I've got to be honest. So I did want something a little bit girly, yeah, a little bit soft on the on the inside. Let me just try it. Hang on. Hmm. There's a little bit of pims in there. Yeah. It's got a bit of a pims afterkick, but um, you can definitely taste that fruit. Anyway, uh, so that's us and what we're drinking. So, um, of course, you can always let us know yourself, um, dear listener, what you're drinking by uh, 
I don't know, contact us on our website, which is www.disafterdark.com, or you could also email us at podcast at disafterdark.com. You can also find us on Twitter at disafterdark and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash disafterdark. Pinterest, Bebo, Teddy Texts, disafterdark.blogspot.co.uk is another one. That, that one as well, indeed. Yeah. Um, now, you may have gathered that Robbie's a bit of royalty, I, I would like to say, in the podcast world. Um, I mean, you are you are a big cheese, would you not say yourself? I've been around a while. I've, I've been doing this since <laughs> I didn't mean like that. <laughs> I didn't mean like by age. So, t- at 2012, did you say? 2004 was my first oh, 2004? Podcast. Wow. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, that's not, it's, if you said 2012, we'd only just, I think we've been going back a year at that point, yeah. so it wasn't too bad. But 2004, yeah. um, I've got to be honest, I'd only just started listening to podcasts around about that time myself, I think, maybe 2005 or so. Um, so I was kind of there early doors as well, but only as a, as a listener rather than a, a contributor, which it took me a long time to become. So, um, yeah, I, su- I suppose if you wouldn't mind telling us a bit about yourself and, and, and how you got involved, really. I really got into podcasting, uh, in late 2004, cause I was just looking for a hobby. I just finished, uh, my MBA at UConn and I was working and, I was just looking for something to fill up some free time while I traveled, and I started listening to podcasts, and I said, well, I want to be a podcaster, and that sounded, seemed like a good hobby to get into, and the hobby became an addiction, became a career. Wow. So you know, the, rest, the rest, they say, is history. But yeah, I've been, I've been doing podcasting full-time since April 2005. Wow, full-time. We can only dream of that. I, I, um, I started listening to... Rob's podcast today in iOS about at the time of the iPhone four coming out. I was looking for information on on apps and stuff, and uh, he's been uh, ever present ever since. So I'm I'm honoured to be sitting with you here tonight, Rob. I'm absolutely I'm buzzing. Yeah, and in fact, funny enough, I'm actually going to be handing the show over to Craig in a, in a minute just for that reason, actually, because I think he's got a lot more. Um, focus and foresight on this than even I have. Uh, I like to consider myself a little bit of an expert, but uh, yeah, as Craig has said, he's been listening to you for a very long time. And in fact, um, I mean, Craig, you often um, have said to us individually and as as the podcast itself about listening to various podcasts at different times to you know pick up tips and to hear other people do things. But your podcast... Um, is one that he always um, alerts us to as, as one to listen to. Well, thank you. Yeah, I that's, mean, you know that. Go on, sorry. As I say, you know, that's as a podcaster, that's what you always want to hear is that your listeners are are recommending your show because that's that's how shows grow is from the listeners from the audience. Yeah, I mean, several weeks ago you put a shout out on today in iOS that you were going to. Walt Disney World, uh, and you were after some tips for apps and stuff. So I thought, I can't pass up this opportunity. We've got to try and book it on. So just be really interesting to hear uh, what, what you... You know, it, it, it wound up 
the one that I used the most was the official Disney app you know, at the park. So you could see what the, you know, you see what the wait times were um, on the rides while you're in the park. And, and that, that was, was important. So, okay, where are we going to go next? And we'd look and say, okay, this one's got a 60-minute wait, and this one's got 15, over to the one that's got 15. And so the, you know, Disney World's Disney World app, that, that was the one ultimately that I wound up using the most. Now, I, I wish I had set it up correctly beforehand um, so that I could have used it to, to get the fast passes um, from it. Uh, but I, it, was a, it was a strange situation where uh, I went with, uh, it was a th- tri-generation, my parents, myself, uh, my family, and then you know, my kids. So there's three generations there at, at it, and my parents had done the initial setup. So I couldn't get the right email in there and never was able to get it quite right registered to do the fast passes. It was something was she didn't give me the right information. So I, I learned a lesson next time I, I take over all the technical stuff. I still let my mom do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think what Disney are doing, they're taking away the spontaneity of the whole uh, experience now. So if you're staying on property or if you're staying off property, you can book dining reservations 180 days out. Then you can do fast passes 60 days out. And mm-hmm. if you don't know that, it's you literally could be walking around Walt Disney World blind almost. Yeah, we we didn't book the restaurants. We we didn't book the trip until about ninety days, less than ninety days out. And by the time we booked it, all the good restaurants, most of it was taken, or the time that we wanted were taken. So it was tough to find restaurants um, from that perspective. So yeah, I mean, we definitely learned valuable lesson in one: figure out exactly where you want to go the five days because we were there for five days. Know exactly which which parks you want to be in because we only did fast passes for the first three days because we weren't sure what we were going to do on the fourth and fifth day. And because of that, not having the Fast Passes on, on the Thursday, it, uh, when, when we went and tried to find Fast Passes, I think the Fast Passes that we got for Magic Kingdom on that third day were a Pirates of the Caribbean, It's the Small World, and the Barnstormer. <laughs> and, um, and, and the great quote from my son, who's 10, is we're going through the, It's a Small World. And I was going to make them go through It's a Small World, regardless if we had a Fast Pass or not. He turns to my, my, my wife and he goes, we wasted a Fast Pass on this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and the so, ball stole, you know, yeah. Yeah, and then, we, and then the last day for, uh, we went to Animal Kingdom the last day, and we had no Fast Passes. And um, so we just had to go right away and, and run over. Um, you know, to to adventure Everest and um, um, and, and try expedition Everest, excuse me, and and try to get on the line and waited on that line, so it wasn't too bad. Um, so yeah, it was. We learned. We definitely learned something um, with how the fast passes work now, and um, in hindsight, and, and next time we're going to plan well out over you know well beyond six months ahead of time. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, for the the dining, we've been trying to book dining for October this week, and it's it's driving me crazy because normally, when you get to 180 days, you can book your first 10 days of your stay, and this time we haven't booked the hotel yet, so we don't have a reservation, which means each day I've got to go on and book the restaurants, and all the all the good restaurants have gone by the time, even if you're there at 11 a.m. UK time when that when it opens. The good restaurants have gone. I mean, you really have got to book this stuff 
way in advance. It's one yeah, of those but, things that uh, I, as Craig alluded to about the spontaneity of it, I mean, it's one of the things that I definitely lament about that process. Yeah, I mean, I think at times you can still get walk-ups because not a lot of people, you know, not everybody turns up for their <laughs> advanced dining reservation. But it makes the whole thing, you know, a little bit more um, sort of chancy, a little bit more iffy as to whether you can actually get the restaurant that you want when you want it. Yeah, there were a few restaurants we didn't get that we wanted, but you know, and and, and we had, we were at uh, was it Wednesday? We were at um, Hollywood Studios, and we wound up being in the Primetime Cafe, and oh, fantastic! And, and the timing wasn't all that right, and the, and and we wound up getting there a little bit early because of how the day ended, um, and uh, there was and then and then on top of that, the time they had us for, we got there like half an hour early, and they were it was a half an hour beyond our time, so we were there an hour. So picture sitting there for an hour with an eight and a 10 year old. So now they're antsy and then the food wasn't all that good. And, and I remember my uh, eight year old as we're walking out the door, the, the person said to him, how was it? And my eight year old, seven, actually seven, he goes, he looks up there and goes, if this was where, if this restaurant was where I lived, you'd be out of business in two days. <laughs> He'd said it point blank I, to her just straight like that. And her face just dropped. It was like, just scoot him out the door. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Oh, well. <laughs> And then, and then he said, and we wasted a fast pass on It's a Small World. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it was, <laughs> the, other than that, the food was good. But yeah, that, the 50s primetime cafe, I, I, I wouldn't, it wasn't that good. And, yeah. and, and how can you have an authentic, or you're trying to make a restaurant look like it's authentic, and then have one of the items on the restaurant menu says sustainable fish? <laughs> okay, if you're going to be in the 50s and you're trying to make everything seem like it's the 50s, sustainable to me, if you were in the 50s, that meant all you can eat. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's definitely not a 50s concept. No, I think, no, I think as well, uh, with all the, the extra theme and they put in on the restaurants, people don't rush their food. So, you, like you said, you've got your, your time booked and you get there half an hour early. But then you're waiting half an hour past. It's because Disney are too polite in hurrying people along. So people sit at the tables and just people watch. Mm-hmm. You go in and, and order a, a cupcake and a drink and sit there for two hours. And then people like yourself are stuck then. Mm-hmm. We see that an awful lot when we go there. But did you have any... Uh, uh, was the server any good? Did you have any attitude off them? Because they they give you attitude in that. Oh yeah, yeah, elbows off the table. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, yeah. So they they tried to stay in character on that. But yeah, no, the 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 service was fine. It was just uh, I, that was the only of the restaurants I, I would say the way the food wasn't the best, or you know that wasn't as good as I had hoped. Um, and, and but. The rest of the restaurants were fine, and we did, uh, I think, a Tuesday night, we did the uh, uh, Luau at the Polynesian, so we were at Epcot Center during the day and then took the monorail back over to the to the Polynesian to do the Luau. And um, uh, was, uh, Thursday night, we did the um, uh, Hoop-de-doo review. Oh, I've always wanted to do that. 
Yeah, I, I had done that when I was younger as a kid, and I remember that because I was with a kid they picked to go up on stage as the sheriff um, back when I was a kid. But my kids didn't get picked this time, and they were all bummed because my mom was talking about it all you know all day long. Oh, your dad was picked, your dad. So they're thinking, oh, we'll get picked. One of us will get picked, and they didn't. They're like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> but they had fun. They had fun, you know, uh, just singing along, and, and, and that, that's a good – it's a good event. I mean, I can remember it from when I was a kid, and 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 my kids enjoyed it. So, Rob, can I can I ask you? Um, I've not been particularly clear. Is was this like your first trip to to Walt Disney World, or like? Oh, ever, so this was this was my fourth trip. So I went when I was eight and ten, and then six, sixteen or seventeen. Uh, uh, 16, um, just before I turned 17, um, and and that and that with my parents, and then I hadn't been back since that. So I hadn't been back since I was 16, and now I'm 49, and this, wow. so this was the first time with my my kids got to go, um, and but my wife had gone once when she was younger too. So this was her second time. And and I mean, because so, I mean the thing. It's hard for me to know, really, because I've only I've been twice, and, and both times were just a few years apart. And in that, I think it was a three, yeah, three year gap. Quite a bit had changed uh, in the parks, as well as you know, Universal and SeaWorld and places like that as well. Um, so, for you to have had such a, a large gap, it must have been like going to a different world. Pardon the pun. Well, in some ways it was, in some ways it wasn't. I mean, when I went, when I was younger, like the first time, there was no Epcot Center, you know, and we, we it was just you know, Magic Kingdom, basically. And, um, and, uh, and, and then when I went back as a teenager, then there was Epcot Center, it had just opened, and, and, um, and there was also, uh, I guess, the Animal Kingdom, or there was some other place I remember we went to as well. Um, but yeah, there was, there was definitely, there was no Hollywood. Um, and, and, and back then the hotels were the, the contemporary and the Polynesian, you know, and now there's all these other hotels and, uh, in different places. We, we wound up staying at the Riverside and in, in Port Orleans area, you know, in hindsight, you know, the, the next time we do it, um, we'll, we'll probably do Polynesian or contemporary just so that we're, or the, the other resort one, the ones that are on the monorail, just so that we can go over to Disney at night because we never got over to Disney at night to see the fireworks because the kids, we, we got out so early in the mornings, each morning, the kids were absolutely exhausted by the nighttime. Mm. So they weren't up to going out at night uh, they, and they wanted to be in the pool and they played in the pool. That was the only thing they wanted to do at night, which is, oh, well, let's go swim in the pool. Whereas if we were on one of the ones near the monorail, we could jump on the monorail, swing on over to Disney, you know, at nine at night, watch some fireworks, and then sw- kind of swing back to the hotel. That's a lovely um, pipe dream yeah. to have, Rob. It doesn't happen in reality. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, well, in theory, it could. Yeah. Oh no, no. In an in an ideal world, <laughs> I don't think Disney have figured out how to get the uh, the queue times down to that just right yet. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's funny because. Um, I think the difference between, um, I don't want to say like America that's generalizing, but um, definitely in in our circumstances, um, if we've gone there, because obviously for, for us it's quite a way to travel as well, um, and certainly if my kids turn around to me and said, oh, Dad, I'm a bit tired, I don't want to go and see the fireworks, I'd be like, do you know how much this trip has cost me? <laughs> over there. Don't worry about sleep, sleep's for later on. Um, different viewpoints. Yours is a much more well, sensible one. 
Yeah, and, and again, too, my mom and dad were in their seventies, so we're not gonna we weren't pushing people too hard either. Yeah. yeah. So 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 we had you know kids that were crashing and parents that needed you know didn't want to push too much either. So uh, yeah, again, next time I'll, I'll try to stay closer. I, I realize it's there's different quite a difference in price when you stay around the monorail versus um, staying out at the outlying parks. It, it's it's yeah it is but it's well worth it as well mm-hmm. Be, because you can walk to a lot of the the places and you can come back in the afternoon and have naps and stuff and then go back in the evening mm-hmm. um, but again disney doesn't have any downtime anymore it doesn't have any out of season you know it, it seems to be busy all year round now mm. yeah i mean we went first week of april we thought okay that would be a little bit quieter and and it, I remember we were at Epcot Center on Tuesday, and we were at the um, Spaceship Earth. And if you come out, and there's that area where you can do little experiments and stuff. And um, one of them is where you get your pictures taken. And it says you put in where you're from, and you can look up on the map, and you can tell which states had off for school. Yeah. <laughs> you see, like Michigan, all there's all these dots from Michigan, all these dots from Kentucky, all these dots from Georgia. And we just happened to time it where we were there a week when Georgia was out of school. So everybody drove down from Georgia, which is easy drive to go to Disney World. So that you know, in hindsight, next time we're going to look and go um, when at least schools that are driving distance from Disney World aren't out. Yeah, I mean we we tend to go the last two weeks in August, which is unbelievably hot, unbelievably humid. Um, but the American schools all start going back to school the last two weeks in mm-hmm. August, so. The parks do, towards the end of the holiday, the parks are starting to quieten off a little bit. But you've just got to put up with the thunderstorms and uh, the rain. But yeah, We got lucky. Five days there, not a drop of rain wow. uh, during the day. There was one, one night, one night there was a little bit of rain in, in, like between 1 or 2 in the morning, and that was it. So, but during the days, five days, sun, um, and not too hot. So we, we, got, we had really good weather. So we were lucky in that aspect. What was the uh, the boys' favorite ride? You know, I think everybody's favorite ride was Test Track at Epcot Center. Um, uh, I, I think that was number one. I, you know, f- f- um, for everyone, um, number two for the boys was uh, was Star Tours, and oh. then Seven D Mine Train. You know, the, they both liked both of those um, quite a bit. Um, I get motion sick. My wife gets motion sick. We did Star Tours the first thing oh, yeah. out. Yeah, and we spent the rest of the morning going, oh, no, no, no snacks. No. <laughs> no I get like that on the teacups. <clears throat> I hate oh, spinny oh. things. I go, oh, yeah. I go green on the teacups, green on Mission Space, uh, green on Star Tours. Mm. Yeah, I did. We did Mission Space Green, and 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 at the end, I was just like, "Crash this thing into the planet already!" <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, b- I b- just because of all the warnings, I refuse to do. It's, it's the red version, isn't it? The steep stream version. Yeah, orange, orange, yeah. Steep. orange. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, no thanks. I didn't actually find Spaceship. Um, I, I didn't find Miss uh, Space to be that bad actually. Um, on the on the tame side, but I do think if I'd gone for the orange side, I probably would be ruining the day for making that decision. It's um, it, it's it's strange though, because I mean, like I said, I I'm terrible on the teacups. Everything else, I'm okay. So I thought I might have a problem with Mission Space, but I was fine. It's very clever. You don't feel like you're spinning around. You know, they 
the the sort of sensation you get. Um, maybe you don't want to think about it too much. I think if you start thinking about it, you realise you're spinning around, and that might that might set you off. But um, but no, I didn't. I didn't think there was a huge difference between green and green and orange. Okay. A little bit more intense on the G forces. Yeah. Yeah. But not not on the spinny side of things. So Rob, one thing I wanted to kind of pick up there that you said was you mentioned the seven D uh, mine train. Um, now was that is that because of the cartoon that you you said that the the kind of oh yeah it's I seven dwarves mine train yeah, yeah I, it's just yeah um, seven because it's... seven dwarves mine train sit in the seventies yeah I guess because that's just what the kids always called it when we were there it yeah. sounds cooler actually when you say it like that. Mm-hmm. But it's quite weird because I mean um, there was quite a lot of hype about that cartoon, but certainly in the UK, I mean it's shown on on the Disney Channel in the UK, but um, it doesn't seem to have really been that successful over here. Um, I've got no idea how it, how it's fared in America, but um, yeah, that, 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 it just, my, it just yeah, my, yeah, my kids like the cartoon, so um, yeah, so that was when they you know, they just call it. The whole time we were there, you know, I want to do seventy mine train again. So we actually, we were, we had that fast pass. That was one of the ones we fast passed the first day. We because we got there on Monday uh, around eleven, twelve, twelve ish, right, right around noon. Um, and that we had that was one of the ones on the fast pass. And I think Space Mountain and um, I, uh, I think it was uh, Haunted Mansion. I think were the ones we did uh, fast passes on that first day. Mm. At the Haunted Mansion, that's a good segue for our first advert of the night. It's by uh, it's for Scare Zone. They, I think it's the only Halloween Horror Nights podcast worth listening to. Uh, they've just done a Friday the 13th special, uh, and it's done by Logan, Chris, and Scott. Chris is our very own Chris, uh, talents Mr. Ripley. Uh, they travel through time on this special holiday. Uh, and it doesn't come round that often. Today is Friday the 13th and we are going to party. We discuss the history of Jason at Halloween Horror Nights and we have some very special guests. So go and search Scare Zone Halloween Horror Nights podcasts on all the popular podcast apps. I prefer the Apple podcast app of choice. So go and search them out. Thank you. I have a lot of problems with that app. I've got to be honest. Oh. It's, one, it's the one I use as well. Um, and this actually might be a good time to bring it up because I don't know if I'm the only person that listens to podcasts using that app here. But um, what I find is that sometimes it will, st- like a podcast I'm listening to, will just stop playing, not switch off. So if I press like play on my remote or if I flick up the, the bar from the bottom and press play, the podcast will resume. But it just stops midway for a show. That I've downloaded as well. Yeah. It's not a network thing. Mm-hmm. It, it it can be if your headsets, uh, if you have the ear buds plugged in and they're a little loose, it'll cause it. That'll sometimes oh, that'll happen, and sometimes it just crashes. Just, yeah, but a lot of times it's a head a headset issue. And and I I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I use the podcast app for the most part um, for the fact that you can tell Siri to jump back ahead three minutes or jump back five minutes or you know you, you can have siri control it that's why i like um the podcast app but then i also use overcast so um that i think overcast is the best third party app out there made by anyone and it has more features than any other version hmm. 
I do love Overcast, uh, but I always feel like I'm cheating on Apple. I'm, I'm playing <laughs> I'm playing away from home when I go to Overcast. <laughs> oh, Apple doesn't care. As long as you're listening to podcasts, they're happy. Yeah, especially on one of their devices, even happier. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so we talked about the things that you, you did do. Um, was there anything that, I mean, because she was only there for five days, and I mean, I don't know if you know this about um, a lot of people that go from the UK, we would probably go to Florida for um, anywhere between a minimum of seven days, um, normally up to about 21 days. Um, I'd say the average is the two-week mark of 14 days. Um, I mean, you know, obviously our travel time is normally considerably more, and we've got a time zone difference as well, but... Um, you know, as you were just there for five days, I imagine there are things that you weren't able to either get fast passes for or just run out of time to see. Well, yeah, I mean, there was a few things. Like, um, unfortunately, Soren at um, Epcot Center was closed the week, the month for the month of April. Yes, they were doing work, so th- we didn't get to do that, which I was wanting to do. Um, and then we didn't do anything at night, like I said, you know, so we missed out on all the, any any of the nighttime activity, and, and only got like part of the way around um, Epcot Center world. Uh, so there were definitely things that we would have liked to have gone, uh, gotten to. Um, we, the biggest thing I would say that we didn't get to do um, was the Jedi training for the boys. Uh, we got there too late to the park. We got there when it opened. Um, uh, sh- silly us. We should have gotten there a half an hour before it was scheduled to open because that's when they actually let some people in. And and that day, and everyone got to online, and by the time we got there, it was too late to even um, uh, get them signed up to do the the, the Jedi training that day. Yes. So I did. Yeah, so, so I think in, in in next time we'll get to the park as early. You know, we'll get there at least a half an hour, forty five minutes early um, uh, to to Hollywood, and so that we can get them signed up for that. Two two years ago when we went, we on our first day because of the jet lag, we were up for four o'clock in the morning, and we were basically outside the Magic Kingdom for about seven o'clock in the morning, and there was <laughs> there was already crowds gathering at that point, and we missed getting picked to be family of the day by about two minutes. Oh. and you you come in on the train for rope drop and stuff like that. I don't know if you get any perks for the, the rest of the day, like, but we were so close. So that's the time. You've you've got to be ridiculous. Seven o'clock in the morning. Park doesn't open till nine. Mm-hmm. And it it was it was tough, you know, having to get um up even that early for the kids because, you know, when you have the kids getting them, you have to get up early then have food and and then get on the and then go wait for the bus and then for the bus to come around finally and then to get you there so that's another reason why again if if we do this you know staying at one of the parks on the monorail it's going to save you a lot of time yeah definitely so well you've got to go back now haven't you you know uh... oh the kids are the kids are already like when are we going back when are we going back i'm like we'll see we'll see i know i i was hoping that the hollywood um, park was going to have the new Disney area open, but as near as I can tell, that's not going to be for a few more years. So we'll, we'll probably go back once before that opens, and then I'm sure once again after it opens. Now, I don't know, Rob, how you you obviously plan this trip. 
um, because I mean there's so many avenues of doing so um, but if you are already considering another trip at some point uh, may I recommend our second sponsor on tonight's show which is our friend Wendy at Magical Journeys um, if you uh, want to contact Wendy and mention that you heard us uh, heard this advert through Diz After Dark you get $25 off your deposit with any trip package and she'll be there to get those reservations for you so the things you mentioned tonight you know about trying to book things in advance and you know you have got that small window of doing so let Wendy be the person to do that and you can find her at wpmagicjourneys.com on Twitter at wpmagicjourneys there you go and if you're a guest on the show you might get $50 off it's it's not for us to say it's not for us to say, but, but... I mean, I'm sure Wendy would try and accommodate you possible. She, she seems to be that kind of person. Oh, she's gorgeous. We yeah. love her. Yeah, yeah, she is. Um, sorry about that shameless plug. Um, we're all about segues in this show, if you hadn't gathered. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, going back to your day job, I suppose, and podcasting, because um, it, it's, it's quite a funny one about how this podcast got started because the guy who I started this show with is still behind the scenes but we haven't seen him for quite a while now Craig have we? I think he's in prison to be honest we're not sure possibly in a a (laughs) gulag or something I think he's on deep undercover it could be that as well it's one of the two I'm sure Um, but we started it because we listened to another UK uh, Disney podcast um, I mean, at the time, I don't think there was that many. Um, now I think we're one of about 600. But um, it was uh, it was a competition they were running about trying to find a new co-host. And we were unsuccessful in our applications there. And um, decided to take, not take the template, but take the idea of doing a Disney podcast. And our spin on that was to do a, a more adult Disney podcast because everything to do with Disney is a little bit twee. Um, and how magical everything is, and you know, Disney obviously is magical, and we wouldn't do a, a we wouldn't spend time doing a podcast about Disney if we didn't like it. But at the same time, it's not all pixie dust, and sometimes there are things that they do that you don't agree with, or things that you don't feel the same way about. So that was our reasoning for starting our little podcast, which has grown, and we've got new um, co-hosts on it, and um, you know. R- expand our audience over time but if somebody is listening to this and thinks i want to get involved in a podcast whether it's a disney one or or you know another type of podcast what would be your kind of top tips for doing so well i always say you're better off if something a topic like this one you're better off with co-host than trying to do it at solo um, a solo show is a lot more work than a show with co-hosts because if you're doing a solo show, I do show co- solo show and I do one where I do interviews and I do a co-host and the solo show requires you to do a lot of pre-scripting and, and research and everything else because it's just you. Um, whereas when you have co-hosts, you can play off the people and, and one of the best suggestions for a co-host, um, if you're going to start it, First off, make sure you're the one that registers the show. <laughs> you're the one that submits it to iTunes so that you keep control of the show if you're starting it, if you're going to be the primary person. Um, don't let your co-host, if you're not sure who they are, register it. And if that person all of a sudden flakes on you one day, 
you can lose control of the show. Um, and then when you do pick a co-host, pick somebody that you know you 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 feel comfortable talking with, and you know get on Skype with them and talk with them about your experiences and see if you guys gel. Um, or not, um, you know. A lot of times, people will do couple casts where they're dating, and they'll start a podcast, and that usually means the podcast lasts until they get married and have kids, or until they break up. So, you know, either way, the, the days are numbered when you do a couple cast. It sounds a little um, bit like you know the history of this podcast quite well, <laughs> uh, because that's exactly how me and Paul started, to be honest. Um, no, but funny enough, actually, the the first time we so so Paul reached out to me. Um, when I was unsuccessful, um, I'd got to like the, the final three people for this competition. And he said to me about, you know, I'm thinking about doing my own show. You know, do, do you want to join in, basically? So um, we we didn't know each other. We hadn't spoken at that point. And so what happened was uh, we arranged to have a call on Skype, like you said. And uh, we was chatting for about oh, five, ten minutes. And it was quite clear that we had a bit of a rapport going. So he said, well, why don't we just try and record it and, and see how that goes? And so the first episode of, of this podcast um, was actually our first ever conversation. So it wasn't planned to be that way. It was just a way to kind of get to know each other. But it, it turned out that was actually quite a good way to, to start the podcast because it felt quite natural. Hey. And the beauty of podcasting is there is no barrier to entry. I mean, it's just a matter of signing up for an account. And if you know how to record, you're good to go. Uh, if you're not sure to even how, how to record, there's free tutorials out there. If you go into iTunes and search for Podcast 101, I have a free iBook in podcast uh, in iTunes about how to podcast, and that'll get you started. You know, at Zip, nothing, no cost to you. Just, just search for Podcast 101 in iTunes. And you'll find a free iBook on how to do it. So it, it really, you don't have to spend a lot of money to get going. Uh, a, a Yeti mic is what you hear me talking on right now. It's $99, roughly to 125 depending on where you get it. The blue, it's from blue, the Yeti mic. But there's other good mics, ATR2100, which is 60, 65 bucks. Um, and you don't want to spend a lot of money. I think the biggest mistake a lot of people I've heard is they go and they look at some of these quote-unquote experts, what they're recommending for their startup package, and it's like $1,500 or something like that. And it's like, that's, that's crazy. You don't have to spend that. If you spend more than $150 on a mic, you've wasted money you could spend at Disney World. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good point. I was, um, I've got a friend who I, I said to him he runs a quite popular um, page on Facebook about a football team that we support. And I said to him, like, how come, because they, they do a lot of interviews, video interviews, which they then upload onto uh, YouTube. And I said to him, have you ever thought about podcasts? Because he's, he's mentioned to me about watching, if I've watched them, and sometimes they're like 25 minutes to an hour long. And I don't always have time to sit there watching something, but I do have that time to, to listen to it. Um, and he said, oh, we looked into it and we were told it was going to be about, you know, £5,000 to start up. Oh, yeah. So whoever told them that, that's craziness. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was because that was what they were going to charge him to do so. But I was like, you know, mm-hmm. we, I mean, we're very simple in this podcast. Um, you know, it, it, we use Skype. Um, I think a lot of us now have USB uh, headsets with a mic. Yeah. Uh, like we yep. you, you use for like Skype or um, Skype for business or a link or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what we kind of use. And 
I think the quality's like good. I mean, it's not the best sounding podcast out there, but um, we're not running things through like a sound desk or anything like that either. So it, I think if you've got that kind of setup and you've got uh, a mixer desk and things like that, then it's a little bit different. Um, but when you're just kind of using a power Skype, Skype's only as good as your internet connection. Um, and no, no, a hundred dollar mic is going to make that better if your internet connection is really poor. Right, and, and you know people will literally spend a th- over a thousand dollars on a mic, and then they encode the file down to MP3 format at sixty-four kilobits per second. That's like, why did you spend all the money on the mic? <laughs> you yeah. didn't need to. And then people are listening through their earbuds anyway, driving in the car to work. So you know, it, yeah. It, as long as you've got decent quality, it's not making people's ears bleed for the audio quality, and you've good got you've got good content. That's the the magic right there. Yeah. Good good content, something people want to listen to. Good regular content, yeah. Just yeah, and it it's inexpensive. I mean, we're on Skype. We're I think Nick's using whatever free software he's using to record, and our Lipsyn account is twenty dollars a month. And it's perfect. You know, just the sponsorships yeah. cover cover that. So, I I use me me Apple me Apple earbuds for up until about three months ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not. It doesn't have to be the most expensive thing. And the thing is, as well, you know, if you find that over time. Um, you know, like say, like we we've only recently had sponsorship. We we hadn't really reached out before because we uh, we we didn't seem we was big enough to contact the likes of Audible or things like that that you hear on most popular podcasts. <laughs> so we kind of did our own kind of gra- uh, grassroots campaign and managed to get sponsorship that way. Um, but now we've got that money, as as Craig says, to invest in that. Then you know we can start thinking about well, you know, do we want to um, you know, get some more equipment. Do we want to try and improve the sound? But um, yeah, with that, as you say, it comes different things because if you're still going to mix it down to the same audio quality you've got now, um, those those extra factors are going to be a waste. What, what sort well, of? I think you, you oh, could sorry. use the money to find. I was going to say, I, I would think the money's better spent finding non-girly drinks for you to have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong, though, is he? He's definitely no. not wrong. I mean, I, I, it's it's nice this, but um, I mean, one bottle's enough. Yeah, More, I'm drinking this. Enough. I'm drinking this elderflower, and it's like my granny's old bath soap water or whatever. <laughs> it's not good. Not drinking that again. No, no. Um, so if somebody like, um, because I mean, to, to be to be um honest with you. I mean, Craig, we've, we've said it before, but I mean, Craig has kind of been our driver um, sometimes when we've not been pushing ourselves as hard as we could have done or we've not been doing content quite as frequently as we, we should have been doing. He's kind of driven that. Um, and he kind of got us really involved with, with Libsyn. Um, for people that are, are listening to this and think, you know, because I think that the other thing as well is sometimes we do have people that listen and, think they'd probably like to do it but i'm not sure where to start so obviously your your ibook is a, is a good place to go but you know if they've if they've done that and they've now gone okay well i, I can see what i need to do and it sounds quite simple for me to set up a podcast how do i get involved with Libsyn? Uh, if they have questions they can email me and uh, i'm 
really approachable. My email is Rob, as in Robert, R-O-B, at Libsyn, and that's L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. So Rob at Libsyn dot com. And Libsyn stands for Liberated Syndication, in case people are wondering. I, I I did actually. I never really, I never thought about looking into it because I didn't know um, if I'd find that answer. But that's that's interesting. Okay. And and people, uh, I listen to the feed, and people wind up their podcasts quite regularly because they're not getting the figures that they expect. What sort of figures is the average for a, a run-of-the-mill well, podcast? Th- the median number, so when we look at shows, what the median, like half the episodes that are released, and this is when episodes are 30 to 60 days old, half the episodes that are released on our network are getting 156, 160 downloads roughly or less, and half are getting more than 160 downloads. It's, it's not as big as many people think. And the average, when you actually average, because we have a lot of big shows that host at Libsyn, uh, the average is around 2,000. It's always been steady right at 2,000. And last month it was actually 2,000 and, and 2,000.4. So we're right on the average. And, and a lot of people exaggerate what their numbers are. I, I, I joke um, that most podcasters would rather tell you the truth of their member length than they actually would their download numbers. <laughs> um, well, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know if you know this about us. And again, this, is, this was a Craig idea as well um when we first reached out for for sponsorship um one thing that we definitely found within our community our our kind of disney fired or theme park uk community is you would speak to other podcasters because well we would because we're friendly um but you would you'd like say to people like oh you know how's your show doing and, and as soon as you say that, you know, it, it does turn into a bit of a dick measuring contest where people don't want to be mm-hmm. too, um, you know, too too coy on things, uh, too keen on things. So they'll say, oh, yeah, 10,000 downloads the last episode. And I think, you know, blimey, well, that's, that's a lot more. Um, but we always be quite transparent when we um, started this um, with getting sponsorship in, in being tra- tra- trans- transparent. And look, this is where we are. And I actually think it helped because I remember the show that we did that, I think it was the, I can't remember now, Craig, if the show had been out for a week or two weeks at that point when we'd, we'd announced the figures. But the, the figures for that show were 666. Yeah, I remember that for obvious, obvious reasons. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we, we kind of more than doubled that since that point. Um, on average nice so we, we you know obviously completely over the moon but i think we've been quite you know we we've actually shown our figures as well oh. you know to, for, for that reason but no one else has has kind of like we've challenged people haven't we in a, you know like in a friendly way of like yeah. you know we're doing this why don't you you know, show how your show's doing because I don't see the need of, of hiding behind things, but there definitely seems to be a stigma around it. Yeah, I, I, I'm i lucky enough. I get to see the numbers. We have over 30,000 shows that host with us. We deliver over 25% of all the downloads that come through iTunes. Wow. Um, so I get a good idea of what the numbers are for shows, and I'll see people on social media talking about their numbers, and, and sometimes they're given numbers that are 10x what their show really is doing. Yeah, and that's yeah, like, yeah. I just have to bite my, I bite my tongue and not say anything. <laughs> well, I suppose for sponsorship purposes, I can, I can get that. But, you know, I'd much rather be honest about things. Um, I, when we first started this show, 
um, we turn around and said that if we only had 10 people listening, that would be nine more than we was expecting because we thought it might be quite niche and we were doing it for ourselves and we was doing it for fun. And it's only been um, as time's kind of gone and we've had more people involved and we've had kind of a, a, a different attitude to, to things to really try and better ourselves, but not at the expense of um, forgetting our roots, if that makes sense. Like we're not, we haven't changed the format just to make sure that we're getting that golden number. Right. I mean, when you get over 200, you're already now better than half the shows out there. And you get over 500, that guarantees you're beyond friends, family, relatives. Now you're out and you, you've broken out and you're gathering up. You know, most of those people are, are, that are listening are people that didn't know you beforehand. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's beauty. When you're, you're in that n- number where you're at now, and your show is successful. I mean, I consider that very, you've done very well. You've got a successful show and you're growing an audience and your audience is telling their friends. And that's, that's the, you know, that's where your show can then start to really pick up. Based on, based on what Rob said, though, I think he's given us another idea for boosting our numbers. If we publish our member statistics as well, <laughs> I think we could really tap into the comedy market. Oh, I definitely could. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Give yeah. people a good laugh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> As Mr. Boniface would say. Well, that's good. You know what? That, that's, that's, actually, um, that's actually really been good to hear, Rob, actually, because you do sit there sometimes and look at your figures and think, you know, some shows you, you kind of anticipate a bit of a spike in, you know, because someone's on there, you're talking about a certain subject, and it doesn't make as much of an impact as you expect to. And other times, shows surprise you, and they, and they do. And I, I sit there sometimes... Craig shares the numbers with us, and I think, what, we, what is it we need to do? Why are people not enjoying it? Because you do also want to make sure that, as much as we're having fun, and I think that's very key, you want to make sure the listeners enjoying it as well. Because you're not just making it for yourselves; you're making it for people to consume. Um, but uh, to hear that about figures is is, is great. Um, if you don't mind me asking, you don't have to fill figures, obviously, but um, what is one of your top downloaded podcasts? Would you say, or can you not say? Well, that? Uh, oh no, no. It's, uh, I mean that that Hosan Libsen mm. overall. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Hardcore history with Dan Carlin, and he gets about he gets over four million downloads an episode. Wow, <laughs> that's one of the biggest ones in the world. So I mean, but we have a lot of Libsen hosts thirty five percent of the top two hundred shows on iTunes. So we also host shows from Joe Rogan, The Nerdist. Um, uh, uh, HBO's podcast, um, uh, uh, Dave Ramsey. There's just a, a ton of really big names. Uh, Welcome to the Night Vale, uh, WTF, Mark Marin. Um, Was, wasn't Mark Marin the one who had the president on about three months ago? Uh, yes, did yeah, yeah, yeah. He, when. Yeah, he had, he had President Obama on last year in in July, I think it was, and yeah. or late June, and in the first forty eight hours, he did over over a million downloads. And you didn't you get a shout out on that episode as well? Yes, yeah, he gave a <laughs> shout out to me. <laughs> so, Fantastic! So that was nice. It was nice because I had my kids listening to the episode, and and they were listening, and I didn't know the shout out was coming, and then and then here they are listening to the president on the podcast, and then there's a shout out to their dad on that podcast. So I felt like you know. You know, big guy. You know, big. You know, it was it was kind of cool. That's fantastic. 
it was a great episode as well. I, I listened to that. I listened to Mark Merrin quite often. I, I do sometimes where I don't commute as much as I used, so I do have to be a little bit choosy sometimes on his shows. They're normally very interesting, to be completely honest, even with people that you don't know. But I, I, I do try and now and, and go, right, how much do I know of this person? Have I heard them before? If not, I might listen to it, and if not... But he's a, he's a great, he's a great uh, example of uh, a podcaster. And, I mean... I think what's interesting about um, Mark's show as well is the fact that it starts off as a solo show. So every episode is him just talking and he rambles on and he'll go completely mm-hmm. off point and then just kind of bring it flying back round just for the start of the interview. But that bit captivates me as well. I can't skip it. Is that what you base your hosting skills on, Nick? Uh, no, because he's talented and okay. funny. Um I'm just I'm just crap basically, but um, you know we have audiences, so somebody out there likes me, I'm sure. <laughs> um, just I've just got to find them, but um, well, that's good. And I, but I think I mean I'm hoping that people will listen to this. I'm, I'm I'm hoping people will listen to this and you know get the interest to start their own podcast. I'd rather they didn't do it based on what we do. But um, if it gets you going do it, on a podcast. Do it on a subject. Yeah, I mean, here's what my best advice for you is. Don't do a podcast on what you think people want to listen to. Do a podcast on what you want to listen to. Mm. I mean, there is a podcast on professional chameleon raising. There is a podcast <laughs> on tree climbing association. There are podcasts on, on a lot of things. Do the podcast you want to listen to yourself. Um, you might listen to Disney podcasts, but maybe you have another interest. Maybe you're a big Chris DeBerg fan. Do a Chris DeBerg podcast. What, whatever it is that really interests you, do a podcast on that. I'm starting to think Rob is able to access more information about me than he's looking <laughs> on because he's, he seems to know a lot about my interests. I've learned some that. <laughs> Go on, what about, what about um, iTunes reviews, Rob? How much does mm. that help? Because that's... There's something that we, we, we don't really push that hard. I mean, we like them when we get them, but it's not something yeah. that we really I'll try. I'll say this to your audience. Yeah, mm. to your audience right now, folks, if you like the show, mm. the nicest thing you can do to them is go into iTunes and rate their show. show. Give them a five-star rating and put a nice little review in there of their show. That really does help. It helps them in the category they're in, in the what's hot in that category. Um, so, yeah, giving them a, a nice rating, it... It just makes all the work they do worthwhile. I know as a podcaster, whenever I see a, a review come in, it, it really it makes the hard work because you know it is work to do this and get time. Um, you know, that helping most of you that are listening to this commute to work or at work, pass the day, whatever it is, when you're listening to this, just you know, next time you get a chance, go into iTunes and rate and review their show. Give them a nice rating. Yeah, great. Or, and also, I mean, the second best thing you can probably do is look at our Amazon wish list and just send <laughs> send the stuff up there. Um, but, you know, we'll, well, yeah, we will set up the first one. Oh, yeah, I mean, you could send them first-class tickets to go to Disney World. I mean, if you really want to be... I mean, <laughs> We've tr- for research for like purposes. Yeah, for research purposes only, of course. Well, actually, I think at the moment, guys, um, I don't know about you, you know, just to go off topic a little bit, you know, um, I do appreciate that it's been very podcast-heavy, which I think should be a real breath of fresh air for our listeners because it's something completely new. But at the same time, just to kind of end the show, um, you know, you mentioned about flying to Disney World. I, I personally think at the moment, based on what I've seen thus far, I think I'd like to get on a plane to Shanghai. 
Have you well, guys they would send them first class tickets to Shanghai, but you got to make sure you get your uh, visa. A clean air mask as well. Yeah, but we need a visa yeah. to get into America. See, oh, I, I, I'm, actually, I it, I'm actually not allowed. Sorry, right, hang on. I'll clarify this. Um, at the moment, until I go and make an appointment in the American Embassy, every time I land in America, I get taken off to a room and somebody puts the rubber glove on. It doesn't go much further than that. They kind of realise that it's okay afterwards before that happens. But um, I made a mistake once on my Esther form to get into America. And although I rectified it before I flew, um, when I landed in America, I was on my honeymoon as well, this was, I was whisked off by a man with a gun and asked a a load of questions I had to answer. And completely genuine mistake. I just um, typed in the wrong number. so I was trying to multitask, and and you know how men are with multitasking. But um, yes, yeah, so every time I land in America now, no matter where in America, um, it's on the system, so I have to kind of get it rectified. Um, but that's by the by. But no, I mean, th- 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 I don't know if you you know Rob, but um, they're opening a Disney park in Shanghai. Uh, I think the middle of June. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. It? Um, yeah. But they're doing they're doing a soft opening at the moment, so they've got people out there trying out the park and trying out some of the attractions. Um, the first footage I saw was the the ride that interested me the most, um, and and actually going back to a little bit about what you were saying about test track um, in Shanghai, they haven't got test track, but they've got a Tron light cycle ride, which oh I heard about that yeah, yeah. is that only that's only in Shanghai right now only right? in Shanghai, but to be honest the the response has been quite enthusiastic i think they will bring it to other parks eventually um but it's definitely you can definitely see some of the test track because test track um as you've seen it was an upgrade they did what about three or four years ago i think um before that it wasn't it wasn't futuristic at all um Mm. it was crash crash test dummies pretty much yeah it was pretty much like a crash test center um, and obviously they've now jazzed it all up, so it's all neon and everything like that. But the the Tron coaster does look uh, brilliant, and I thought that would be enough. To, I'm, I love Tron, so I thought that'd be enough to make me go. Mm-hmm. But um, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, has anyone seen the video of that? No, no I was yeah. on it. Just oh, is there a different one at Shanghai? They have yeah. a, a special version of it. So um, again, what they recently did um, to, to Walt Disney World was they added in, I don't know if you noticed, but they added in the um, animatronics of um, Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow mm-hmm. and uh, Captain Balboza. Um, in Shanghai, the, the ride is completely different. So the only, the only thing that's similar, really, is that you're on a boat and the boat's <laughs> on water. Um, but the ride itself when, is... The- oh, sorry. I was going to say, I bet you it's, the, the ending's the same. You walk out into a gift shop and then your kids yell, hey, I want to buy this. Oh, but then it wouldn't be a Disney ride. <laughs> <laughs> Some things just won't change. Um, but the, the entire ride story is based on the, the film franchise more than the... Um, so, so obviously, Pirates of the Caribbean was a original idea that was um, you know worked on by Walt Disney himself. Um, and the films are based on that. So this ride is just based on the film series with little nods to the original attraction. Um, but it is, it's completely different. And the effects, the, the, um, all the animatronics um, are, are just completely mind-blowing. Just by watching someone's video camera footage of it, um, 
so God knows what it's like to experience in, in uh, real life. But I was one of these people that, because I like the original ride, um, and I see the film franchise as something completely different, never the twain shall meet, but having seen this new ride, I'd quite like them to bring it to America as well. It's looking very, very yeah, good. The, the, the Pirates of the Caribbean in, in the US needs a little bit of an upgrade. Yeah, we're having... Because uh, obviously our nearest park is Paris, and, and our one is, is supposed to be going down for refurb, I think, later on this year. But I think they're only going to improve... They're only going to bring it up to the 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 new bits that have added to the American park. So the, the little... Um, bits have added from the film franchise. They're not gonna. It's not gonna be a, a new ride. It's gonna be little bits added to it. But um, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I'm keeping my eye on that park. It's it's definitely uh, definitely got my interest peaked at the moment. That's for sure. So maybe that's that's the next place we can head to. Um, but Robert, it's coming up to the end of the show. Um, thank you so much for taking your time out to to speak to. Uh, our little show. Um, if you can just one more time um, do any plugs that you want um, and, and just let people know how to contact you if that's okay. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, first, thank you so much for having me on the show. And for anyone that wants to get a hold of me about podcasting related issues and getting started and any questions, just email me, Rob, R O B, at libsyn.com, L I B S Y N. And if you're interested in the iPhone, uh, check out my podcast today in iOS. So just today in iOS, if you just search for today in iOS or iPhone or iPad and iTunes, you'll find it. it's usually the first one listed. And if you want to host a podcast, Libsyn's a great, great place to go. So um, please consider that. And if you wouldn't mind, if you actually listened to this show today and, and been inspired and you want to actually reach out to Rob, um, if you wouldn't mind just letting him know that you, you heard it from us, all right, he's not going to give you anything. I hope. Well, maybe you will. I don't know. Um, but it'd be nice to to know that you know a different audience um, has appreciated um, him coming on. Um, and who knows? You, you might want to come on again. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Well, but, you know. I, 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 again, I we plan to go back to Disney World hopefully here in the next two years. Probably we'll probably you know go a two year gap. But I want to do one more time. My my older son is in fourth grade, so I want to be you know, when he's in sixth or seventh grade, pull him out of school for a week again and, and, and do it. I don't I don't want to pull him out when he gets in high school. So we definitely have to go in the next couple of years. That's actually been a very contentious effort, um, mm. thing in the UK this week, actually, because uh, you get fined in the UK for doing that. Um, it, it varies on where you are in the UK, but if you take your child out of school time, and it's normally to go to Florida as well, funny enough, <laughs> um, you do get fined a lot of money, but it's a lot cheaper you normally you'd normally end up better off if you did that and paid the fine than if you took them out during the holidays <laughs> because it's so much cheaper. Um, it's about sixty pounds a week. Yeah, or so about yeah, hundred dollars. That's, that's nothing. That's, no. Yeah, that's nothing. You save. You, yeah, if you're going off peak versus peak, you're saving a lot of money. Yeah, sixty pound versus like a thousand pound. It's no comparison. But um, this guy actually took them to court and won. Um, they said it was unlawful for them to to do it, so he didn't get fined at all. He, he, like the the fine got revoked. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens because I'm they they're talking about trying to look at that particular loophole to see if they can close it off. But uh, you know, I think the, the simple I mean, argument reduce prices. Yeah, I mean, God forbid a family wants to get together and do something as a family and bond and you know really secure that whole family. Um, 
of structure. Yeah. What would it, what are people thinking? Well, um, why would they want to do that? It's, the, it's just the world we live in now, Rob. It really is. It really is. Um, but thank you once again. Thank you, dear listener, for joining us. Um, you know, as, as Rob said, if you could be so kind, uh, just go onto iTunes and give us a review. Um, and what we recommend, even if you don't like us, because we, we've actually read out before on this show good reviews and bad reviews, because we don't mind what they are as long as people comment. But if you could give us a five-star review and in that, context just slag us off that's fine as long as the five stars are there that's the key component what you say afterwards is you know is fine um but yeah if you could do that that'd be great um thank you for joining us um thank you rob for joining us um been an absolute pleasure talking to you and um yeah thanks been really interesting for everyone and um we'll see you um in about a week's time yeah mm-hmm. thanks a lot rob thanks for coming on it's been mm-hmm. absolutely phenomenal Yep. Thank you. All right, gentlemen. It's great. Thank you so much for having me on. And, and gentlemen, have a great evening. Thank you. Yep.